one goal I set for myself to become a more vocal leader. I think one part of it was that the language that like normally I I don't know what words to use or necessarily like that, but I mean that was one goal I set for myself to try to be more vocal. Welcome to the Sports Business Radio Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Berger. You can find the Sports Business Radio Podcast 15 years, over 600 episodes featuring conversations with the biggest names in sports like David Stern, Pete Carroll, Chris Abbott, Jeannie Buss, Michael Vick, Andre Iguodala, Mark Cuban, Tom Rinaldi, Charles Barkley, Jack Nicholas, Lindsey Vaughn, Eric Spolster, Aaron Rodgers, and Steve Nash on iTunes or at sportsbusinessradio.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the Sports Business Radio podcast on iTunes, and everyone who posts a review on iTunes will be eligible to be selected to join us in our studio audience at one of our Sports Business Radio roadshows presented by Boingo. Follow us in between podcasts on Twitter at SB Radio. We've been named a top 50 followed by Forbes.com for three consecutive years, and on Instagram at Sports Business Radio. Joining us on this week's show is Lowry Markinen, the young star power forward of the Chicago Bulls. He played at the University of Arizona. His native land is Finland. He's one of those guys that is a little bit quiet, and he's finding his voice. So this interview will probably be very interesting to you. He doesn't do a lot of interviews about things beyond basketball, but he's an interesting guy. And one of the things that we talk about is his partnership with Nesty. And it's a company out of Helsinki, and they are helping reduce the carbon footprint in our world. They deal with sustainable environment. Lowry is using his platform to promote sustainability and a better world. He grew up in Finland, very clean air, grew up in the country, swam in the lakes. And Griggs, uh, we got to sit down with him in person when he came through Portland and the Bulls played the Blazers. First of all, uh, my first takeaway is he's super tall. We'll post a picture of me standing next to him, and I, I look very short. That's great. You know, I'm 5'10", 5'11", but uh, I look really, really short next to him. Yeah. And then the other thing is we have to do a show in the future on the NBA nap because the NBA nap is a real thing. Like, yeah. he was on his way to the NBA nap, but... <laughs> These NBA players, I'm telling you, they are religious about getting their NBA nap in no matter where they are, at home or on the road. I think they truly define the term power nap because <laughs> I think they need it to get through the day and get ready for game day because you could tell he was waiting. He was excited about his power nap coming up. Yeah. And, it, uh, yeah, it was a cool interview. And the thing I love about him too is it's, he's got so much more history than hoops. I mean, he said he didn't even really start playing hoops so he was a teenager. Yeah. He's a hockey guy. He loves skating, obviously, where he grew up. And I love hearing stories about guys that, you know, didn't start at age three shooting the ball. They did other sports. They did outdoor sports. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And he'll talk about how he's adjusted to the United States and to Chicago specifically. But before we get into our interview with Lowry Markin, here is a commercial that he did for his partner, Nasty. Competing with my big brothers taught me to be a better player. I always had to make the right choices if I wanted to win. Choking in these decisions would mean losing. Now, as a father, I need to make the right choices so my child can grow up in a safe and healthy environment, like the one I had. That's a big responsibility. My life changed when I moved to Chicago to play in the NBA. I had to learn how to live in a big city surrounded by millions. 
I also learned to appreciate even more where I grew up. Forests and clear waters were always near. Climate change is real. It affects all of us. This problem has made me think more about the world we are leaving for our kids. We can't go back to our own childhood, but often we can make better choices. Saving the environment is a game we have to win, together. Don't joke, play your part. My guest is Lowry Markkinen. He is a second-year power forward with the Chicago Bulls. He's a native of Finland. You can follow him on Twitter at Lowry, or you can follow him on Instagram at Lowry Markkinen. Lowry, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Uh, so today's a game day. A typical game day routine for you. What does that look like? Uh, wake up. I normally just eat breakfast in my room and then kind of do treatment before shoot around and I mean go practice and work out do whatever I need to do on the court come back eat lunch then I'm gonna do something call my family call my friends uh need to get my NBA nap in and then uh, just go from there eat eat another meal before head to the arena and the yeah. NBA nap, it is very interesting. Like, you know, I played sports too, not at the level you did, but I would always wake up a little groggy from the nap. So I couldn't nap before playing a game. Do you ever wake up groggy or do you feel like your body really needs that nap on game day? Uh, I think my body needs it, but obviously we got so many games in the NBA, so every time you might not be able to get it in or it might be shorter. So I think I'm just so used to it and I think – for me, the biggest thing, and when I wake up, I eat right away okay. to get my energy back up. Yeah. And home versus away. I know you have a, a newborn at home. Well, not, yeah. But new, like yeah. less than Newly, one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So uh, probably, you know, some crying and some commotion. Is it easy to get the nap at home or is it kind of like, ooh, I'm happy to be on the road. I'm in a quiet hotel room and I can just go to sleep. Uh, yeah, I definitely try to catch my sleep up on the road, but... Uh, my family understands it, that it's my job and I need to. So I'm going to get my nap in at home as well. So. so you're working with a company called Nesty to combat climate change and to minimize our carbon footprint. I know they're based in Helsinki. How did you get involved with them? Because not your typical partnership for an athlete and a company like that. Yeah, I mean, all started from an idea that I love the fact that when I grow up, when I grew up, I had nature all around me and mm-hmm. it was really important to me. Uh, I can say I love snow. I know many people don't, but I like snow. So it's kind of, then you see that years go on and, and you don't get snow for Christmas and it kind of backs up. I know Chicago even still doesn't have snow. Right. Even though we're in January. So it was so important close to my heart so i want to kind of i browse my ways well how how can i kind of raise awareness on that subject on my behalf because i have the platform and i mean they have a platform too so that's 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 the direction we headed for that reason i read that you one of the things you're doing to minimize the carbon footprint is you've given up red meat are you vegan or vegetarian or? Uh, I, I just try to avoid red meat and dairy products as much as I can. 
and how has that changed your body? I have a daughter who's vegetarian, so you know I, I see her not eat meat or anything like that. Does it? Do you feel like this has been a transition for you? No, I think I mean it all started slowly and kind of trying to figure out what was best for my body, but and. I started in the NBA and kind of go on the road. There's nice restaurants. You go have a steak with your friend and family, and then you're all bloated up. You kind of right. can't, you kind of get <laughs> can't move in a while. And like, let's let's sit here for 15 minutes before we go back. So I don't, I don't get that feeling anymore. So I feel like, even though I'm eating a lot, I still feel a lot lighter without that meat in my body. So. so teams have nutritionists, and I don't know if you have a personal nutritionist, but like, what's your go-to meal before a game if you want something that gives you energy, but it's clean and it's not red meat? What do you like to eat? Uh, I'm a really boring person when it comes to eating. <laughs> uh, I, I really stick to my, especially during the season, I really stick to that. So I, I always just have some kind of salad and then have my uh, pasta with like literally marinara sauce and chicken and that's it so I've I mean kind of had stomach ache when I had Alfredo and then that way I kind of found my way to coming back to red sauce and kind of just feel a lot better with that you have so many uh, tools at your disposal now again they didn't have nutritionists back in the day and people monitoring your heart rate at practice and things like that do you find that those analytics help you be a better ball player? Yeah, they do, but at the same time, I'm the type of person that, I mean, I want to know, but I don't want to know too much because, <laughs> that, because then I'm going to, like, I'm start thinking about it. If right. we monitor our sleep, I'm like, okay, I need to go to bed now so I get get a good score, and I start thinking about it too much. So I do want to know, and I love that information, but I don't want to have it too much. So... If they monitor your sleep, are they like putting a, a sleep study device on you that you're sleeping? Well, with it was them? optional for us, and I think, I'm, I mean, it's a thing you put under your mattress, mattress. Okay. So you don't have anything on you. Okay. But I mean, for me, it kind of started. I started wearing glasses that reduce blue light at night and kind of stuff like that. So just trying to get me calm down mm-hmm. before I go to bed and that kind of stuff. So obviously that's new that wasn't here before so i think that helps me yeah I, I know a lot of teams have like sleep study specialists and they're like we're gonna go through the schedule and figure out do you fly out after the game do you fly out the next morning like what's the best way to get the players the most sleep because they talk about rest and recovery now right uh yeah i mean i don't know what's the real reason behind because i don't know even I'm I'm gonna go day by day, and mm-hmm. I don't even know when we're traveling or not. I mean, I know tonight we're gonna stay the night here, but uh, for, I think for me the good thing is that I don't have too many friends in, in any city, so I don't really care where I if I don't spend time in San Francisco or do I stay in Portland. It doesn't okay. really matter to me. I'm gonna stay in my hotel room anyway, so I prefer getting back to a hotel after a game if we're on the road and kind of sleep here and then wake up practice and then fly out but if we have a chance but obviously with NBA schedule that's not always possible yeah 
With Neste, uh, what are some other things you're doing to reduce the carbon footprint? I would assume like recycling and, and things like that. But what would you, for the people out there listening and saying, what can I do on my end in, in my life to reduce the carbon footprint, what would you recommend? Uh, yeah, we do all kinds of stuff at home, and it's really simple, and it doesn't matter what you do. Like even small things, they matter, and... For example, I know if my wife goes to Starbucks, she has her own, like, metallic straw with her. Okay. So she doesn't take that plastic straw. Yep. So just small things, they all matter. And, yeah, we recycle at home as much as we can. And, I mean, I try to, just the simplest thing that you turn off the lights when you leave the room. Like, that's that stuff matters. Mm-hmm. Growing up in Finland, uh, hockey's big there. Mm-hmm. You're a big dude. Did you play hockey? I I did. Uh, I just tried on the team, but that was a uh, brief experiment. Because <laughs> I was too lazy, actually. To it took me like 45 minutes to put all the gear on. <laughs> so, so that was like a one-two practice type of deal for me. But uh, I used to play hockey a lot with my friends, and a lot of don't. A lot of people don't know that basketball came bigger than me as when I was like 16, 17 years mm-hmm. old. It was literally just having fun out until then. And so I used to go with my friends three times a week, go, just go on a pond and play hockey with, with my friends. So it's just hanging out. That was our way of hanging out. So That's amazing. And, yeah. you know, I've seen the pictures and the videos. On yes, here. I know how to skate. Yeah, yeah it, it looks beautiful there. Well, skating, I mean, just finding skates big enough to fit you, that probably was... Uh, I got I got pretty small feet for my height. So okay. I wear a size 14, so it's pretty easy for me. And were you... Uh, did you like playing goalie? Are you offense? What's your, your go-to in hockey? Uh, yeah, I obviously like scoring goals, but I, I really loved being a hockey goalie. So okay. if I wasn't seven feet tall, I would have probably... You got a wingspan to cover I, that goal pretty I good. I would have probably pursued a goalie job. So. Really? Have you gone to some Blackhawks games? Yeah, I've been there a couple, couple times, especially when we got family or f- friends coming over. I normally take them to a game. So I really like going there. Of course, it's kind of... You can't be by yourself there. Right. Obviously, you're walking in the United Center, so people are going to recognize you. But yeah. yeah, I try to go a lot. So you went from Finland and then you went to college at the University of Arizona. I'm from Arizona, so I know U of A better than, than most colleges. One of the people I saw that you befriended was the late Senator John McCain. Didn't he help you with <clears throat> some visa issues or things like that? How did you get to know John McCain? Uh, I really, I only met him one time. It was yeah. after class. Our managers picked me up and there's someone we wanted to introduce you to and, yeah, he helped me. I didn't even know he was helping me because we, I was having trouble with my visa and then our assistant coach hit, uh, John McCain up and kind of things went on from there. So I, all of a sudden I got my visa and I didn't even know what happened. So then I went to Arizona and I met him and he told what actually went through it. Mm-hmm. And so I really appreciate it and, uh, I had a lot of respect for him and, but yeah, I, I only met him once though. What was your experience like at U of A? I know you weren't there very long, but uh, did you like Tucson? Yeah, I liked it. It was a little different than what I was used to. A little, a lot warmer, right? <laughs> well, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but for sure, when it gets after the, like, February, March, it's pretty beautiful out there. So yeah, I really liked it, and I loved all the people around me. 
the coaching staff, teammates, whatever we had, and the fans are amazing there, as you know. Yes. Bear down. Yeah. Uh, did you know when you went to U of A that you were going to leave early? Like, did you, was that a plan in your head or did the opportunity present itself and someone said, Hey, look, you can go to the NBA now. So that was appealing to you. Um, I really chose the University of Arizona just because it felt right situation for me that, because at that point I really thought I'm going to be there for four years mm-hmm. and I didn't have any plans to leave early, just go on there and work, work on my game and then kind of had a good summer of playing with the national team and kind of saw my name popping up a little bit more mm-hmm. and then still I was thinking for four years but then we started playing and people started talking about stuff but I really didn't pay attention to it but at the end of the year I just felt I was ready so nobody told me to leave I just felt that I'm good to go and but when I was playing I really didn't think about it I but, look so at so I do go to class yeah I, what did you study? Uh, I just studied Jenna. It's just I didn't have any major. Okay. So we'll see what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Um, I look at the international players now, like Porzingis and obviously yourself, Luka Doncic this year, and it seems that the international players, when they come into the NBA now, you're so seasoned. Like you just hit the ground running and you do well right away. What is it about the international stage that prepares you for the NBA? Uh, I think, uh, Chris Stops and Luca was obviously both professionals before they mm-hmm. came to America. I, I was only playing high school basketball, so I went to college, so I was a little different, but for, th- for them, for sure, uh, I mean, they played professional basketball. They were a part of team that were, if you're not going to do your job, you're out. And right. they kind of learned to system over there, and I think that helped them for sure. But you playing with your, your national team, I'm sure like you played some big games and, and that was probably great experience for you, right? Yeah, I take a lot of pride in playing for the national team and uh we're a small country and basketball is not even our main sport, but it's getting bigger all the time, so I try to be there as much as I can, but I know the rules are kind of with qualifications and they're playing during February and November, so mm-hmm. those are tough. So but whenever I have a chance I'm trying to play. What's it like when you go home now? Hmm? What's it like when you go oh. home now? Uh, it's fun. Uh, I don't really... I miss most of the time just the people over there. And so I try to be with my family and friends. And, of course, there's people that are trying to get pictures and autographs. But it's weird how much a simple hat can do for you. <laughs> Even though you're seven feet tall, but... I mean, people don't see the curly hair, so I guess that blends in a little bit. <laughs> That's your signature is the, the curly hair? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cut that part out. <laughs> um, social media. I like how you use social media. I like some of the pictures that you pose. Like two of the pictures that stand out to me. One is the picture, and we talked about this when I saw you in September, uh, where you're doing like the scene from Hangover, and, and you've yeah. got your baby in the front. You've got yeah. the two. It's like the wolf pack. Yeah. Um, and then the other picture is you standing next to Yao Ming, who is uh-huh. just, you look like a little kid <laughs> next to Yao Ming. And yeah. what, you're seven foot tall, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and you look so small next to him. But I love how you have a personality around social media. There's a little bit of trash talk every once in a while. Like, what's your strategy with social media? Uh, 
for me, it's me and, I mean, my team does a good job of kind of, I have people helping me with social media and, cause I don't, I don't like to be there. It's just like on a scrolling and there's too much negative stuff going on. Okay. So I try to stay away th- from social media, kind of do other stuff, play video games, do read, whatever. But I know I gotta be active and, I mean, I have p- good pictures on my phone and every once in a while it's just, Send them to my agent, whatever. But they they're doing a good job of posting. And if there's something interesting, I they think they I need to know. They're gonna send it to me. So I kind of know what's happening with without all that negative comments about being professional athletes. So, yeah. So I try to stay away. Yeah, it's probably good because people can be idiots on on social media but i like how you use it because it it shows you know i think fans want to see athletes personality and they want to know a little bit of like what goes on off the court and people see you have a a wife and a son and i like the little uh nike shoes you posted for your your son that you're like hey he's gonna be styling in these it's cool yeah i try to show my personality on social media for sure and that's one of the main things i'm trying to focus on on that part mm-hmm. uh not only post basketball pictures but uh yeah that's one thing i try to do and but just try to stay away at the same time so you're not the guy that like pulls your phone out and says hey i'm gonna post something it's it's run through your team first before something is posted uh, i do post uh just sometimes mm-hmm. i happen to find a good picture and uh, yeah i'm just gonna post this but I kind of, I know that the second I post it, it's out there and right. it's impossible to get back. So at the same time, I know that even though I want to wing it and just post whatever, I it's better to check first and definitely uh, check the spell check since I'm international. There might be typos or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> Who do you like following on social media? Mm, like I said, I'm not scrolling through it yeah. a lot, but... I mean, I'm, I mean, most of the stuff I follow is pro athletes or celebrities yeah. or ba- basketball stuff mostly or shoes. <laughs> I saw yeah. LeBron gave you a little shout out on uh, the LeBrons that you were wearing, I think, for Christmas. Uh, how much thought do you put into these are the shoes I'm going to wear for this game? Obviously, like, you know, Christmas time is a special game, but... You know, I've talked to athletes and they're like, I'll just wear whatever's in my locker or other guys are like, I'm really scripted with the shoes that I'm going to wear. Uh, I just wear whatever I like that day. I kind of, I have a lot of stuff at home I can bring out whenever and I don't really care when I play in those, but there's a certain feeling that it's hard to explain, but I, I wake up and kind of like, I don't feel like anything bright on my feet or anything different just kind of just kind of stick to my classics and rock with them and sometimes you want to show some extra and that's what i try to do i don't really put extra effort on thinking what shoes i'm gonna wear but just because i have all my shoes on the display all the time okay so how many pairs do you have um uh, a hundred probably two hundred Something like that. Yeah. And are they all basketball or some are just like casual just like kicking all, around? All of them combined and probably 200. Wow. So you probably need like a special place in your house just for your, your shoes, right? 
Uh, yeah, they're on my living room wall right now. Oh, really? <laughs> so they're not even in a closet. Like, you walk into your house and you're... Yeah, they're right at... there. Yeah. Wow. That's so, pretty cool. So I wake up and I see all my shoes and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling these today. So that's that's how I roll. And are you superstitious? Like, hey, I had 31 points last night. I'm wearing the same shoes that I wore when I scored 31. Uh, Not really. And the same thing if I play bad, I try to... Okay. Obviously, if it's... A lot of games, then I might throw them away, but not too superstitious. And like I said previously, can't really. We have so many games that you don't have. Like a, I don't have time to do my pregame nap. Same thing goes with shoes. Kind of, there's so many games, and I kind of thought that it doesn't really matter what shoes I wear. It's yeah, it's gonna be whatever. But yeah, I only have like. Which ankle I'm going to take first, which shoe I'm going to put on first, that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, this young Bulls team, you're, you're one of the core pieces of the team. You have a new coach, Jim Boylan. Uh, do you set goals for yourself? This is what I want to do during the course of this season. You know, you're in this growth stage right now where you're, you're, 22 and a half years old is the average age of the guys on this team. So it's a young team, but you're growing together. Where do you see this all going in the future? I think we're heading the right direction here. And I think we're building a good culture and we have good talented guys that are nice on the court, but especially off the course, we've got high character guys. And of course it's a building process and we haven't been able to catch too many wins yet, but I mean, I know that stuff will come, and as long as we keep working every day. And uh, the first question, uh, obviously, I I do set goals for myself, but they're most mostly team stuff, and I'm just trying to do whatever I need to do to help the team win. Especially mm-hmm. now when we're building and we're trying to go somewhere that is bigger than all the individuals by right. themselves. So I don't, I'm not really, I don't really care about my own accolades individually or whatever i'm i don't care what i average nothing i i just hope that we come together more every day and just keep working get hopefully get some wins sometimes when you're a young team you find out like who are the leaders on this team are you leader by example are you vocal are you both are you neither uh i think i've always been a leader by example Mm -hmm. just trying to do all the stuff as well as I can and paying attention to details and do, well, whatever I need to do to, that I think is good for a team and for individuals. But then, uh, one goal I set for myself to become a more vocal leader. I, th- I think one part of it was that the language that like normally I, I don't know what words to use or necessarily like that, but, I mean, that was one goal I set for myself to try to be more vocal. Um, you can play inside and outside. Do you have a preference? I mean, you're a good three-point shooter, but you're a big guy, so you can go down on the block, and you can also get to the basket. You hit a game winner going to the basket uh, this year. What For people who haven't watched you play, what is your, your style that you're most comfortable with? Well, I think my strongest part is that I can, like you said, I can do multiple things. I can, if I have a slower guy on me, I can go outside and a smaller guy, I can go inside. So, uh, obviously 
I need to improve my inside game and that's what I work on every day and and I think I'm, as of now I'm probably more comfortable on the perimeter but mm-hmm. I mean it's not my inside game is not far away from like it's around 50, 40 60 to say that okay um, last question for you Chicago so different than than Finland although both can be cold and and you can see snow in in both but it seems like you've embraced the city. I've seen pictures on your social media at, uh, what is it, the big tower, Willits Tower? Willits Tower, yeah. Okay, so you've gone there. Have you gone to, like, you said a Blackhawks game. Have you gone to a Cubs or White Sox game? How are you, like, embracing the city of Chicago when you're not playing? Uh, yeah, I actually haven't been to a baseball or a football game yet. I've just only been to a hockey game. And, I mean, just, I'm not really... I go downtown sometimes, mm-hmm. but that more if I have people visiting me. But so I'm I'm more of a stay home type of guy. Okay. Um, I try to do something just to get out of the house, and especially when I do have people over, it's just visiting Navy Pier and stuff like that. Go to the museum, but I normally stay at home. Larry Markinen, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Continued success to you, and uh, have a great season. Thanks. Sports Business Radio is sponsored by Boingo Wireless, the largest operator of indoor wireless networks in the U.S. Today's sports fans expect strong, fast mobile connections at their favorite stadiums. Research shows that fans will leave at halftime if they cannot get connected, which is part of the reason why professional and collegiate sports venues alike work with Boingo to manage their wireless networks. As the world's leading connectivity expert, Boingo knows how to make a venue's vision for the connected fan experience a reality. They are the only company that can provide end-to-end wireless service so teams can focus on the big game, not on their network. Boingo designs, installs, and manages Wi-Fi and cellular networks at university stadiums like K-State and the University of Houston and major league venues like Soldier Field, Phillips Arena, and Vivint Smart Home Arena. We're excited to showcase how technology is changing the business of sports, led by companies like Boingo. Boingo connects you to the people and things you love, like sports. For more information, visit boingo.com or email sports at boingo.com. Well, that's it for this edition of Sports Business Radio. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks to our show staff, Brian Griggs and Josh Blank. Thanks to our friends at Boingo Wireless for powering our Sports Business Radio Roadshow. Follow them online at boingo.com or on Twitter at Boingo. A podcast reminder, you can catch our show on demand via podcast. Go to iTunes, type in Sports Business Radio. We're rated in the top 50 business news podcasts. You can also find our show on Audio Boom via the TuneIn Radio and Stitcher apps, and, of course, at sportsbusinessradio.com. Follow me on Twitter in between shows at SB Radio. Follow us on Instagram at sportsbusinessradio. For Brian Griggs, I'm Brian Berger. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Business Radio. Sports Business Radio with Brian Berger. Bringing you the biggest names in sports business. Without further ado, we all know this gentleman. Let's give David Stern a big round of applause. Let's welcome the president of the NCAA, Mark Emmer. Give him a hand. Let's give a big hand to USC alum and co-owner of the Lakers and president of the Lakers, Jeannie Buss. Thank you for having me. What a nice turnout. Thank you so, so much for having me, Brian. It was very, very kind, and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, sir. Sir Charles, how are you? 
I'm doing good, man. How you doing this morning? Today's guest is Memphis Grizzlies head coach David Fisdale. You're the man, Bart. My guest is tennis icon Chris Everett. He was very interesting. You asked great questions, so thank you very much, Brian. Pleased to welcome to the show... Kyrie Irving, the number one pick in the 2011 NBA Draft. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm happy to be joined by Pete Carroll, the executive VP of football operations and the head football coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Coach, how are you? Doing good. What's going on? Dallas Mavericks owner Mark Cuban. Mark, thanks for joining me. My pleasure. Visit sportsbusinessradio.com and subscribe to our iTunes podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Stay connected to the business side of sports only with Sports Business Radio.